This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I have the lovely Danny on. She is a fellow PT and almost nutritionist. She's 12 weeks off finishing her degree. So super close. We have a fantastic conversation all around women's health, strength training, hormone issues, thyroid issues, and autoimmune disorders. Really great convo. I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. So without further ado, let's get stuck into it. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. Today I have Danny on with me, a fellow PT, and she is a nutritionist in training. Hey, Danny. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm super excited to have you on. I'm excited to be on. I think this has been, yeah, something that I've really, really wanted to get into a lot more lately. So the fact that you've asked me has me excited. So (laughs) definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I think that the both of us have really similar coaching styles and values for our business and what health is to us. So I reckon we could talk a lot. (laughs) Extremely. Could talk all day. We'll see what we can get through. But honestly, could talk all day. I reckon too. So we're going to start off with finding out what your yay and nay for the past week is. Your yay being something that went really well, um, Mm -hmm. that has been a win, and then your nay, something that has not gone so well. Should we start with the, should we start with the yay? Yeah, I was going to say, let's start with the positive first. (laughs) All right. Give me more time to think about the negative. Okay. The one thing, we have to celebrate the small wins, so... I'm going to say the yay is I am just over 12 weeks from finishing my degree. So that is going to be, yeah, it's very, very exciting because it's been, it'll be out 4.5 years, which is a very very long time. Have you planned Mm, to celebrate? Do you know, I I probably should have. I mean, ideally I wanted to travel, but that's off the cards for now, I guess. Look, you could, you could I, go to Kangaroo. Yeah. Oh no, can you go to Kangaroo Island? That's probably as far as you can go. <laughs> That's what Maybe I thought. I'm like, you know what? I'll go to somewhere in SA, or I mean, we could travel into state, but again, yeah, it's okay. It's still, you know what? Regardless, it's still a massive celebration. So, absolutely, I think, yeah, we have to celebrate the small wins. So, never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> yeah, four point five years is a long time, right? It's, All right. So, so what's your name? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is actually harder than the yay, I think. I think a nay would have to be, I need to kind of prioritise my downtime a little bit better. (laughs) So you know what it's like when things get crazy and you've got a million things on your to-do list and it's kind of like, yeah, I'll go to bed at this time when you go into bed a little bit too late. So yeah, I think my nay would be, I need a little bit more sleep the past few weeks, but... (laughs) Do you find you're really productive in the evenings? It depends because if I do PT clients some evenings or I train some evenings, so it, it I find that I have a real peak time between like four and seven, maybe eight o'clock. Wow. So yeah, it's like it, it kind of picks up and I get my groove around then, but working too late obviously will affect sleep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's funny that you found it hard to think about it and nay. So you sound very positive and I'm going to sound so negative because I was like, what am I yay? I've got lots of nays this week. <laughs> we were just talking um, before we started recording about how hard it is. So my nay is the fact that it's a four-day week. And even though yeah. everyone's so excited, that's employed. Yeah. As um, a business owner, if you wait for yourself, public holidays yeah. are an absolute nightmare. So, absolute nightmare, they are. Yep. So we're trying to cram everything into the four days. That is my nay, but my <laughs> yay. Actually, I do have two yays. Yeah. So my yays are, okay, I've got two. So my first one is I got my brows laminated yesterday. Oh, yeah. that is something that I want to do. Do it. They look great. And they're a lot cheaper oh, and not permanent, like microblading, which I think does. Microblading, yeah. That's a real commitment. You have to be really committed and know that the outcome is going to be very, very positive. I feel like brow lamination is like a step, a step maybe between the two. Yes, it is. Slightly. Well, because it only lasts about six you know? weeks. So if you hate it, it's only six weeks as Which opposed to microblading where I think it's like nine months they last. I think, there you go, I think it's you a get sa- it done. safe idea. See, yeah. that's going to be next do on it. the list. Yeah, do it after, after all the your celebration after you finish your course. Take self-care. Self-care. Yeah, get your brows laminated. I'm going to put it on the list. I'm actually going to put it on the list. Do it. Do it. I highly recommend it. it. Then my no, second day is, so for Easter, I'm Greek and we have a tradition. Oh, yeah. My yaya. She makes something called flauna, which is like this. Yes. Oh, have you had it before? No. Wait, is this the case? No. Wait, explain. It's, I think I know what you're talking it's about. It's cheese in bread. <laughs> it's like. Oh, the, yes, yes. Yeah? Oh, mate. It's yeah. like, it's honestly unreal. So they're coming up. That's well, we're all Amazing. putting them on Friday. And they only happen once okay. a year. So it's very exciting. Okay, cool. So that, that is, is a way. That is a, yeah, that's a great yay. They are our yays and nays for the week. So I wanted us to jump in and find out a little bit more about you, what you do, but let's go back to Danny when she first started at the gym or like looking into nutrition, kind of where did you start and why did you start? And then how have you evolved through the years? Yeah, well, I actually had to think about this because I thought to myself, where did I actually start? So when it, when it came to PT specifically, so I've been coaching for seven years now. So I, seven years has gone so quickly. I cannot believe it's already been seven years. But prior to me actually undertaking my PT, I started out in the gym at about 18. So I remember I was a week before turning 18 years old and I worked out that I was able to actually join the gym that was near my house and I remember going there with a friend one night and it was just like I had just it was just pure happiness like I couldn't explain it it was like I was just so excited to be there there was just I had no idea how to use anything other than the treadmills of course but it was just this pure excitement of being in a facility whereby I could potentially you know change my body or you know what I mean, get away from any stressors. It was just kind of like a place of, I don't know, positivity. I started to get addicted from (laughs) literally the first time I went in. It was kind of a weird experience. The love affair. It was. It actually was, yeah. And I knew I wanted to be back. So, yeah, that was about 18 years old. I was still in high school at the time. So I was always studying nutrition as a subject in school. So nutrition to me was always something 
that I was passionate in, even for PT. And I actually did nutrition or started nutrition prior to actually doing PT. So kind of while this was like simultaneously happening, I had joined the gym and you know what it's like back then. It was like bodybuilding.com or YouTube or because we didn't really have, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even know if we had Instagram then. No. What, seven (laughs) years ago? Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, maybe it had just come it, out. I reckon it might have just come out. Yeah. So it was very, everything was very new. Literally, it was pretty much word of mouth, Facebook, bodybuilding forums kind of thing. So a lot of where I started in the gym was kind of like self-taught or I would just kind of see what other people were doing and kind of copy them. So it was very like... It was try the whole experience. Make it up as you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was all trial and error. And then, long story short, I finished my school, or high schooling, and I went into nutrition dietetics straight after that. So nutrition wow. was pretty much a bit of a love affair from the get go. Yeah, and I was about my first or second year into studying nutrition dietetics, and I always did love nutrition. There wasn't a part of nutrition I didn't love except for chemistry. Ew, chemistry. This is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing. Like when you study nutrition, I think people just think it's nutrition. You have to do years of science before you even get to the goods. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you have to get through the shit essentially (laughs) to get to the good. So I remember being in one of my nutrition classes and that's, I actually remember going online and looking at one of the PT course facility sites and I was just like, oh my God, okay, should I do a set three and four in fitness? I'm not sure. And I actually just applied online and the guy rang me a couple of hours after and pretty much that week I was walking through the facility and I signed up to do PT. <laughs> pretty much so this was in my first or second year of nutrition I had signed up to do PT for the following year so yeah everything kind of happened kind of quickly and all I knew is that I wanted to help people so I knew through nutrition actually originally I wanted to do paramedic science so <laughs> it was always yeah it was always something along those lines but I fell into nutrition so um, and I think you know getting into PT as well was yeah it was another means of helping people so that's kind of how it started what was that like so starting I guess it sounds like your heart was always in nutrition like that's where Mm -hmm. your interest is so then how did you find your place within PT and was it kind of quite an easy transition did you enjoy it from the get-go or did you find it like a bit of a struggle yes and no I think you know, in my PT class, there was kind of a mixed bag. There were some bodybuilders, there were some sports people, there were some, this was back in 2013. So it was a real different vibe to probably what you'd experience now. So I myself quit all sport in high school. I hated it. (laughs) So coming out of high school and kind of reintroducing myself into the fitness industry, it was very much you know, I found a passion for resistance training and that kind of thing, but it wasn't something that was, you know, that had actually come naturally to me. I wasn't, I had played sport in school, like netball and stuff like that, but I was never like a sports-like person. So, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it was, I had learned along the way. The reason that you kind of gravitated towards resistance training was that because you enjoyed the fact that you were getting stronger or were you liking Mm -hmm. 
way that your body was transforming? Like what was the reasons as Mm -hmm. to why you kind of really enjoyed it? I think it was a bit of both actually. I think back then having joined a gym that was very bodybuilding, right? There was obviously a means of aesthetic purposes. (laughs) Um, So uh, there was a lot of it that was initially aesthetic. Do you know what I mean? I think falling in love with the ability to get stronger as a woman and change your body as a woman and, you know, feel powerful in a place or in a a male dominant place. It was kind of like, you know, it was a real challenge to me and I would squat amongst the men and move amongst the men and I didn't care. It was kind of like, no, this is my place as much as it is your place. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a change as well. (laughs) And back then, was it, because I'm just thinking Mm. like that long ago, I mean, now Mm. there's so many girls in lifting weights so many. Are. but back then I don't mm-hmm. reckon there would have been as many no yeah. <laughs> no no there would have been honestly unless I was with a friend there probably I would have been one of maybe two or three girls and the rest would have been men for the most part yeah it was yeah, very like, even back then I mean I was definitely mm-hmm. doing lesmo classes like cardio spin mm-hmm. classes so that's mm-hmm. kind of like it's funny that you gravitated towards that when yep. it really wasn't the norm back then like it's so good that the word has gotten out now that resistance training right. is just incredible for women as well as it is for men as it is but That's back right. then like I wouldn't have even thought about going into the weights room no <laughs> well I mean I don't know I, I can't explain what drew me to it there was just something that drew me to it and don't get me wrong I was doing classes as well so I was doing boxing and you know what I mean that kind of stuff on the side but there was just something that always brought me back to resistance training I don't know what it was I think because it was my time yeah I was able to put my music in and I was able to have my time yeah so it was yeah in a weird way and I think a lot of people can relate to that it's just a place it's just kind of a place of therapy so yeah to kind of focus and you know so so. when you started when you started PTing and you like really enjoyed resistance training I'm assuming then Mm -hmm. you would like with your clients did you try especially with your females get them lifting Mm -hmm. weights and did you get any kind of like resistance like women not wanting to do that or you know like believing the myth that lifting weights will look make you look manly which I'm sure back then was like believed by Mm -hmm. women like what was your strategy for getting girls lifting weights back in the day I think it was always a battle to be completely honest with you when I initially, so the first year of PP that I initially started, I was working alongside another coach who majority of what he did was outdoor coaching. So it was boxing, it was some resistance training, it was bits and pieces, but it was majority of it was outdoors and it was probably about 90% females. So that space was quite easy because the women knew what they were there for. But when I had moved into commercial gym straight after that, that was where the challenge started because it was still a male dominant area and it was kind of like, well, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to look like a man. So why would I lift heavy? Yeah. So it was a constant. And um, we didn't, uh, again, the rise of Instagram probably got popular maybe in the last maybe four years. Yeah. Essentially, like five years or whatever it was. So this was like just before Instagram really took off. So it was kind of like, not word of mouth, but you kind of had to like lead by example and 
you know, really try and reiterate to them that we don't have the levels of testosterone that men have to grow that kind of muscle. And those who are, you know, growing that type of muscle are probably using, you know, things that aren't legal. So genetics play a big role as well because some women mm. are just are able to build muscle easier and will find that, yeah, they just can. And I think 100%. in particular, especially when you're looking at, you know, so I always get the question, like, why, like, why do Pilates instructors like look so lean and long and like, you know, and like, so do Pilates make you lean and long? And it always just comes down to genetic. It does. And I like back then, and I know that uh, the whole Pilates chat is something that I get all the time, all the time as well. But a lot of, I mean, back then everyone wanted a box gap as well. It was like this obsession that I don't know if you remember, it was that real bikini body box gap kind of like look. That was so was damaging. Walking. Do you know, I've so got damaging. a oh, of like looking down at my legs because once again, like this comes down to yep. bone structure, right? Yep. So yep. I've got yep. very narrow hips. There is no way on the planet that I would ever get a box gap, even if I starved myself, I don't reckon. Yeah. Like yep. literally starved 100%. myself. So many women wouldn't come and want box gaps and be so fixated on that. And I think since we've seen a massive shift and it's been, which is good, I think curves are back and yeah. you know, women want that more curvaceous kind of look and that healthier look. So I think the fitness industry is changing a lot as well, but yeah. moving from those real like damaging, dangerous, highly, you know, especially when it comes to food and food restriction. I think there was a massive, massive ideal that women wanted to look like then. And it was just, yeah, definitely not in alignment with what I believe in. But back then it was just, you know, what everyone wanted. So that would have been very frustrating. Yeah, it would have been really difficult to coach women. like So frustrating. Yeah, because I was just chatting to a friend about this kind of subject the other day. And we're Mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, body trends that mm-hmm. occur like in each decade, like there's a different body type that's seen as <laughs> ideal, right? And Isn't like, there? yeah, you can't be each one, you know, you might you fit into one, but you're not going to fit into mm-hmm. the next one. And even now, like, I'm so happy that different body types are really celebrated these days, but there is still a look, right? There is still a look for mm-hmm. this decade, which is more curvaceous, but Mm-hmm. And so women are chasing after that, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think not it's really all. important to reflect as to like why. Like mm-hmm. I think we shouldn't be training and wanting to eat because we want to fit a particular mould. It needs to come from a place of like wanting to be the best you, right? Because 100%. if you're training to look a certain way, you're probably not going to look that way because you're not that person that you're looking at exactly wanting to get to. And you would see all this. I don't know if you'd get this as well. You might get a new client and they'll show you a picture of someone they'd like to look like. And the most difficult thing, because it's like, you're not that person. You don't have the genetics of that person. You don't know what that person went through to you know, build or, you know, whatever it is, build that shape that they've currently got, nor do you know what what that person was potentially using if they're, you know, in a certain type of sport without obviously, you know, naming names or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it's like we're getting, we're already, we're getting these 
unrealistic ideals that women are seriously fixating on. And it makes, I guess it makes our job easier but harder because we've really got to spend a lot of time in education, yeah. you know, and kind of swinging the pendulum the other way and going, no, this is what healthy is. Healthy looks yeah. different on everyone. So I think this is a really good segue into kind of, I know what you're really passionate about, which is women's, mm-hmm. women's health and hormone health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, correct. <laughs> the impacts, yeah, the impacts that training and really restricting mm-hmm your calories then does in affecting your hormone health and then Mm -hmm. also you like that impacts your overall health right absolutely especially in the long run I guess in all of your time training women what has been really consistent when it does come to like you know issues regarding like hormones what has been Mm -hmm. like consistent that you've seen with a lot of your clients Mm-hmm. like hormone disorders do you mean yeah like issues or relating, hormonal issues hormonal issues relating to like the choices that they're making regarding their nutrition and regarding mm-hmm. like their training I see uh, and this I think I've seen a lot more of this being in clinic as well not solely with PT thyroid is a massive massive you know component that's impacted by dietary choices overtraining, under recovering and low thyroid especially not only that like the rise in autoimmune disease it has been substantial and a lot of women's health related kind of disorders so like your PCOS endometriosis and those like kind of disorders really really prominent but I don't know that you know a lot of these disorders are actually undiagnosed because you know, you get this presenting group of symptoms and some of which are made better by, you know, exercising and eating right, but some of which need, you know, that little bit of further help. And that's where, you know, these clients may need to be referred to certain practitioners so they're able to get the correct testing and, you know, treatment plans that they need. But I think a lot of this kind of stuff is coming out more and more lately as we, I don't know, maybe it's just being more spoken about or, you know, there's a lot of educational platforms on Instagram that share a lot of, you know, symptoms and a lot of women will reach out and go, oh my God, I have these symptoms. Thank you for posting that. I, I'm going to get checked out now or whatever yeah. it is. So it, so it does break my heart that so many people, yes, yeah, it, it is awareness. And yeah, so many people are suffering in silence with these symptoms that they thought was normal. But, you know, it's these group of symptoms, depending on what they are, it's certainly common, but not necessarily normal. So do you think like, what do you think is the main, what contributes to that? There's obviously your mental health, you know, your Mm -hmm. environment, but then you've also Mm -hmm. got like we were talking about, you know, your activity levels and then also Mm -hmm. your nutrition. And I would say that nutrition plays a tremendous like role in, yeah, in hormone health and like autoimmune Mm -hmm. diseases and you know a lot of our lifestyle choices definitely would I would assume would impact yeah those health issues that do arise 100% it's never just one cause it's when it comes to certain you know disease states and I'm not trying to treat diagnose or cure here (laughs) yeah yeah speaking for information purposes only no but I think a lot of these disorders are multifactorial and they need to be addressed in that manner you know, when you're working with a practitioner, however, sometimes, and I'm not dismissing doctors not doing their job properly. There are are many fantastic doctors out there, especially the ones that practice both nutrition and medicine, because that's where the most power lies. But I think 
when treating things like this, it's so important to look at the big picture, to look at someone's lifestyle habits, to look at their sleep, to look at their stress load, to look at how long they've eaten a shit diet and, you know, they, they might have, you know, leaky gut or gut dysbiosis. They might have a high level of inflammation, nutrient deficiencies. And with all these problems arising, you're putting so much more load on the liver and, you know, you're just inflaming the entire body. And this is where, you know, the onset of a lot of these disorders come along and then team that with overtraining and, you know, I guess under recovering and it's just the body can't keep up. So, yeah, it's it's super important to kind of, you know, get the lifestyle factors. And this is where coaches and PTs can really play a massive role because we're seeing clients weekly. Like name another name another practitioner or whatever that's seeing a client that much. So we have a we have a massive, massive influence on clients and their ability to change and make, you know, lifestyle changes and nutrition changes. And even if I think even if you're starting at the smallest intervention, you can literally change someone's life. So Absolutely. I, yeah, I think any good coach will look Mm. at working with their client holistically and not, it's not just Mm -hmm. about that 45 minutes that you spend with them, you know, giving them like a really hard workout and wanting to smash them (laughs) and exhaust them. Right. Like it's for us, like it's someone's health. And when you were touching on uh, before around different specialists, I think like with health, Mm -hmm. it's so important to have a team because not anybody, uh-huh. not one person is an expert in every field. So you've got your GP exactly. who knows a lot about your health. Then you've got mm-hmm. like yourself, you're studying nutrition. You know, you're going to be super knowledgeable on nutrition. Then you hire a PT who's going to be able to really manage the exercise side of things. So you need mm-hmm. a team of people. There's not one practitioner that can give you everything. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's where you're going to get the best results. And I love seeing coaches that, ref- yes. you know what I mean? If it's out of your scope, refer. It's so yes. important. So you're not going to lose that client. If anything, you're going to better, you know, facilitate their progress because they're able to get the help they need from the professional that knows best about their condition. So I think, yeah, that's super, super important, you know, because we have a lot of power, but, you know, if things are out of our scope, so so important to refer because I'm not going to sit here and diagnose you know something that a physio could because that's not my specialty so I just wanted to also touch on something you were talking about earlier and that was like around Mm. thyroid issues and Mm. I get so I've got a few of my clients at the moment that are suffering from some autoimmune disorders as well as Mm -hmm. thyroid issues as well and what really saddens me is that a lot of women are trying very hard they feel like they're doing all the right things when it comes to diet and to exercise and they're not seeing any improvements either yeah. in their physique, you know, if it's weight that they're wanting to drop or just like their energy levels, which can be really frustrating. And so I also know with like thyroid testing, sometimes, you know, a normal thyroid test won't show up a whole heap. And so it can be frustrating to go to the GP and then like, then, you know, your bloods are fine. And so what would be your advice if you do have someone in that position, like, who, mm-hmm. What should they do and who should they go see? With thyroid conditions, it can be a little bit tricky because I've actually suffered thyroid conditions for uh, since 2017. So I... it's something that takes time. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, it can be very frustrating because I was doing all the right things in the gym. I was, you know, 
I was like, okay, I want to get leaner now. I'm going to do the calorie deficit. I'm going to train more X, Y, Z. But my body was just so inflamed. It was like, no, you're not. That's absolutely not what you're doing. So I think in that moment, it was really important, and which is what I did. I had seen a practitioner that actually, he was a doctor and he studied nutrition and naturopathy. So he, was, he had the knowledge of how to test firstly. And I think it's really important if your doctor's not allowing you to get the blood test that you want to test for, find a new doctor or find a new practitioner because, you know, just testing TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone, is not enough. We need to be testing a full thyroid panel. So we need to be seeing T3, T4, reverse T3. We need to be seeing liver markers. We need to be seeing inflammatory markers. We need to see when you've got conditions like this, this is a whole body approach. So I think the first thing would be identifying the cause of the issue and having a look at, you know, finding a practitioner that you can work towards with, whether it's symptom-based or blood tests or whatever it is, to see what the root cause is. And then as a coach, I mean, I guess we can work alongside that in making sure that they're not doing too much exercise because too much exercise, especially you know, and, and you know, what's teamed with too much exercise, generally not eating enough too. So (laughs) this is, this is where we can see the major drop in that thyroid hormone because the body metabolically adapts. So, you know, you bring in those calories at 1200, all right, the body's going to metabolically adapt to that and bring back and save energy. Essentially, you start moving less, you start fidgeting less, you start, you know, using your body in movement less so you can save those calories. So, it's so important to know what's going on to then move to, you know, the next step, I guess. Yeah. And like Um, you said, I think if you're unhappy with the answer that you've gotten, like always get a second opinion. It just mm -hmm, can't hurt mm -hmm. to just, you know, go and investigate because I think a lot of the time we know there's something up and there's something not right, but sometimes we don't follow through with that and believe that because we're told Mm -hmm. that everything's fine. But I think if you've got that nagging feeling and you don't feel like yourself, like just go and get a second opinion. I couldn't agree more. A hundred percent. And you know your body. You know when your body shifts from a state of health or what you've known health to be for so long to a state of ill health. Or you know when you're feeling extra tired or, you know, your periods have been really heavy and you're just so exhausted and you're having this chronic period pain or whatever, whatever the symptom is, you know inability to fall asleep at night or whatever it is inability to recover from workouts or you know I think it's super important to kind of get that level of awareness of what's presenting to you and you know find a practitioner that's able to facilitate that and you know help you find out and get to the root cause of what's going on and I think from a perspective as well like if you are experiencing all of those symptoms like the worst mm-hmm. thing you could do is if, you know, you're feeling frustrated that you're not seeing any weight loss, but you're mm-hmm. having all of these symptoms would be to drop calories more and to exercise more. Mm-mm. That's just going to make the situation much worse. And it doesn't, it doesn't fix it. It just exacerbates it. And even if you're in the position where you feel like you're teetering on like exhaustion all the time because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know, what you're consuming isn't enough or like your training is just too much. Like prevention is key. Like you don't want to get to a point where you're so fatigued, you have, um, you know, chronic fatigue or you've got thyroid issues and you're forced to slow down. You don't want to get into that position. Your body will slow you down if you don't slow down. Trust me. And you don't want it. I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
especially with my breast implant removal as well. That was a big catalyst to, you know, getting back to health. So that is um, a whole nother conversation we should have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always keen. Yeah, yeah that's no, that the was, one that would yeah. be love to have you back on the podcast to talk about that because that is super interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's um it's a whole another kettle of fish. It's yeah. yeah. But Without going into it too much, that was a big reason as to why I think I experienced a lot of the issues I did at the age. It was very young. It was something like 23, 24 when I started experiencing all these symptoms. So I think that was, yeah, that was a start. But now I'm working, like doing my own kind of concepts, but I'm working with a coach and a practitioner at the moment with a specific protocol. And each time we enter a new phase of the protocol, I get better and better. So I think it's... Yeah, it it just takes time though. And this is the thing, like, you know, it takes if it, it can take years and years and years to get into, you know, ill health, but I think everyone wants a quick fix, but it, yeah. it's just not. It's just yeah. it's gonna take commitment. So that's what it is. Yeah, you know? this slow so. road, right? Like it's frustrating, but sometimes it's just what's needed, especially with your health. <clears throat> you know, whether it is hundred percent from an autoimmune disorder or like you know, thyroid mm-hmm. issues or, you know, if you are just wanting to improve your overall health, like it mm-hmm. takes time, takes consistency, doesn't happen overnight. It does. it does, yeah. And that's exactly what I try to relay to my clients. Like, look, if you want a coach that's going to smash you and put you on 1,200 calories, I am not your girl. <laughs> so yeah. you will get the results, but you will sustain the results. And the mindset around how you feel about yourself is just as important as the food you eat and the exercise you do. Because if you absolutely hate your routine, hate what you're doing, you can't hate yourself to a better result. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if you've lost 10 kilos with the same mindset, you're yeah. still in the mindset, you're not going to improve how you feel. So so funny because people think, like we always think, <laughs> oh, once we get to this point, we're going to feel better about ourselves. Like once I look like this, mm-hmm. once I weigh this amount, when that is just like, it's not reality because you, you're going to get to that point. You're going to be in that new body, but you're going to have the same yeah. mind. Exactly. Yes. It's, I know. It's That's the thing. And that's why I, I totally applaud these mindset coaches, any coach that does, and practitioner that does mindset, because I think that is almost like the catalyst to get people to change their nutrition and their training, yeah. if anything. Yeah. I think that's what we need more of. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, and this is the thing, this is where the multifactorial kind of, you know, thing comes into play. It's like, let's look at the entire picture and see what we can do. Um, Absolutely. And, and if you're working, consistent. sorry, if you're working, I was going to say, if you're working with a coach at the moment and you're starving all the time and they're just smashing you mm-hmm. with workouts, you really yep. need to reassess whether that's the right person to be working with, because it doesn't Correct. take a whole lot of intelligence or smart coaching to do that to somebody you know, Not you at all. someone that really takes their job seriously in the health mm-hmm. industry, like your health is everything. Once you lose that, it is. Like, what do you have? So making you, sure he, that your coach yeah. really takes your health seriously and is taking that holistic approach is like really pivotal. So it's so pivotal. And that, you said it right there. It's so easy to smash someone and to give them low calories. But, you know, dealing with the repercussions is where the difficult part is yeah so it's (laughs) you know what I mean and often it's not the coach those same coaches don't deal with the repercussions because they get the result they want and then the client leaves 
yeah. So it's like probably people like us that have to deal with the repercussions and they've got this previous ideal of what they want. And unfortunately, sorry, but we've got a reverse diet now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going and back up to maintenance and reversing. Yeah. And so, they've, they've, um, yeah. they have, they've got their before and after and then they're, you know, that's all they've needed and you're yep. off <laughs> that's it that's right the marketing yeah. is done you know what Terrible. I mean so it, 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 it is it's, but yeah. this is where I guess we can change the industry or try to change the industry yes you absolutely know? hopefully thank you so hopefully. much for coming on Danny that was such a good conversation no <laughs> that's okay I'll have I to have you on another time and We've yeah. got lots of topics we could talk about, I'm sure. Seriously, I can talk nonstop. You know this. <laughs> I'll throw <laughs> so that, which is a bit dangerous. <laughs> now, if anyone oh, wants to know, dangerous. like, where to find you, do you want to let us know, yeah, like what your Instagram handle is? So you can find me on Instagram at Danny Bullion Fitness or Facebook at Danny Bullion Fitness and Wellbeing. Yeah, I don't have any other social platforms at the moment because <laughs> I think Instagram is enough. But yeah, you can find me on both of those platforms and I always try and post some educational content for everyone. So yeah. Right. And I will link all of those, like your Instagram handle in the podcast notes as well. So people can go and check you out. Thank you Beautiful. so much again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, make sure to leave a five-star rating for me and make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you are notified of new episodes that are dropping. If at any point you think there's a topic you'd like me to cover, could you please let me know? Slide into my DMs on Instagram. I would love to know what you want to hear about and uh, all the guests that you'd like me to interview. Anyway, I hope you all have an incredible day and I will be back in your ears very soon. Big love, Coach Tash.